Good morning. We're a little early this week, <laughs> a little bit earlier than we typically are on on Fridays. Welcome to the weekly livestock market update. I'm Brownfield anchor reporter Megan Grebner. With us, as always, to talk all things markets is University of Missouri Scott Brown. Good afternoon, or good morning. <laughs> good morning, Scott. I have not had enough coffee. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Megan. It's good to be on. Nice to see you again this week. All right. As we get things started, uh, we're going to talk markets. We're going to talk some reports that have been going on and some uh, other news uh, of the, the week this week. But as we talked this morning, all of these prices and markets are through uh, about 9 o'clock this morning, uh, 10 o'clock this morning. So let's recap what's happened so far this week in the markets. Yeah, if we start on the cattle side and uh, cash cattle through Thursday, we're almost $2 higher. Uh, we look at the feeder cattle markets for this week. They were anywhere from $1 to $4 higher. Uh, again, futures contracts through early uh, morning on, on uh, Friday. Uh, December live cattle futures contracts were down $0.65 cents this week. And the November feeder uh, cattle futures contract was down about $0.50. Cents. Uh, choice box beef price, uh, $1.25 higher this week, really led by uh, some pretty strong rib prices uh, in that choice box beef price. Uh, on the hog side of the equation, cash barrel and goat prices through Thursday were $2.50 higher. Uh, the December lean hog futures contract uh, down about uh, 85 cents uh, through early morning uh, here this morning. Uh, the pork cutout value has gained about $3 this week. And interestingly, where we normally talk about uh, that pork cutout value being led by belly prices, uh, the, the strength this week came in things like loins and butts and picnics and ribs. Uh, so a little bit of different uh, pull uh, in terms of that pork cutout value uh, being higher. And I will say, you look at that pork cutout value, it's now $18 above where it was a year ago at this time. That's a little bit surprising, uh, just given where we sit uh, in terms of, of uh, slaughter numbers on the hog side of the equation. I think too, I mean, while th that's been the case most of the week, and then we came into yesterday and hams and bellies really uh, shot through the roof, uh, both at, at mid-session yesterday and then at the end of the day as well. So I think they were trying to jockey for a top position this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's just amazing how strong those prices have been, frankly, uh, in, in the face of uh, uh, what are very large runs of hogs right now. Speaking of slaughter totals, while we won't take a look at the weekly slaughter totals, we are going to talk a little bit about weekly or slaughter weights, which we do have information on. Uh, it's pretty impressive to see the uh, not only amount of slaughter runs, but then the amount uh, of carcass weight as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it, for sure. I, I guess, you know, as we think about where we sit today, and I'll, I'll start on the cattle side. So steer dressed weights, uh, latest weekly data we have would, would have them at about uh, 919 pounds. Uh, that, that compares to uh, about 904 pounds, same time a year ago. And, and yes, they're still running well above year ago levels. However, you know, if we went back into uh, what was uh, early June, where we were running 900 pounds for that carcass uh, in uh, early June uh, for this year, that compares to what was more like 850 uh, a year earlier. So at least the rate of, of growth is coming closer to where we were a year ago. And on the hog side, uh, Overall hog weights about two pounds above where they were a year ago at this time. Uh, if you remember in the very early part of uh, uh, recovery of, of slaughter capacity, we were talking about weights that were uh, six pounds higher. Uh, so 
again, we're narrowing back in. Maybe that gives us a little bit of indication uh, that we're getting more current in both of those markets uh, in terms of backed up inventory. We talked about this during our quarterly market outlook webinar earlier this week. As we talk about these slaughter runs and, and knowing uh, that there's more pork coming online, we know the supplies of market-ready hogs are, are more than ample. How cautious are we moving into the final quarter of the year as we know that that's typically a year where shackle space is pressured and, and slaughter capacity is uh, pushed to the max? Yeah, so I think, you know, we, we know we're going to run into some weeks here in, in the last quarter where we're likely not going to stay as current as we would like to be. Um, I think the, maybe the good news is we've gotten more current than we might have anticipated going into the start of the quarter. So from the slowdowns that occurred back when, when COVID was uh, at its worst in the, the processing uh, industry, I, I think we are starting to get caught up from that. So I think it, it's, it's good news in terms of that, yet we know we're likely gonna need really big runs. And I guess it reminds me to say, as the weather gets colder and we spend more times in, indoors, what's that do to, to COVID spread? And, and let's hope we don't have another uh, more serious uh, setback on the processing side. We just can't handle uh, that given the, the number of hogs we need to slaughter. And, if that were to happen, that for sure to me makes the start of 2021 not very enjoyable because, again, we'll have hogs backed up that we need to, to deal with uh, for a longer period of time. Really a quiet week in terms of reports. Uh, restaurant performance index out this week and a slight increase from July to August. Yeah, that's right. You know, when you look at the August numbers, uh, overall restaurant performance index came in at a 97.6. Uh, so I'd like to remind us, you know, a, a hundred is the break-even line, if you will. So we're still talking about what's contraction from that restaurant performance index. The rate of contraction is getting better. How's that for uh, the, the, the good news? Uh, when you look back at April, it was at a 94.9, now setting at uh, 97.6. We're moving in the right direction. I, I look at the overall report this time, and I think it's good to talk about why did we get a higher report. All right, so the expectations portion of that index, what people are anticipating moving forward, uh, was up 1.4 points uh, from uh, July to August, while the current situation index, which includes things like same store sales and customer traffic, was actually down uh, a half a point from July to August. So. I think that's a little bit representative of what we've seen as COVID spread was increasing again, and it, it slowed that interest in dining out experiences, if you will. I think that showed in customer traffic and same store sales, and that's why we see that number down just a little bit in August. The other <laughs> for, for this week, uh, jobs report, and they kind of tie together as we talk about demand and, and increasing. Uh, as we look at this number, is it, are we starting to maybe see marked improvements uh, when it comes to a slow but steady economic recovery potentially? So I think the news is uh, good. All right, so number one, we added 661,000 jobs in September. Um, 
that that's good news. And we let the, the unemployment rate then decline to 7.9%. So all of that's moving in the right direction. For me, this is kind of back to some of the discussion that I think happened early on of what kind of recovery do we get in the economy? Is it V-shaped? Is it U-shaped? Is it, because uh, I think that helps us figure out where meat demand goes as we go into 2021. So adding more jobs, lowering the unemployment rate. You know, if you look at the report uh, BLS gave us today, um, they, they made note of job gains in places like leisure and hospitality, retail trade, um, as, as some of those areas where we've got some gain. I, I think those are areas that are starting to come back. How quickly we can continue to recover, I think, is the important thing. Um, we've had five straight months of uh, uh, declines in unemployment. So again, moving in the right uh, direction after uh, what was a, a shutdown in the economy that we just really haven't experienced before. What happens, and I know this is that whole like everybody's crystal ball is cracked or very cloudy and if we saw, we knew for uh, a fact what was going to happen, we'd all be sitting on an island like Eddie Murphy in trading places. Um, but what happens if we see more of a stair step or, or kind of a up and down zigzag type recovery while we've seen this decline in unemployment, we're still coming into a winter where we've not had uh, necessarily the same type of COVID pressure. How does that all play into what happens uh, for not only just the, the, full economy, but the ag economy in general, and I think specifically the demand picture for beef and pork. Yeah, I, I, so for me, this is the, the big question that to try to answer. I, I, I worry with the economic contraction that, that we've seen, and when you look at things like GDP and the loss of GDP that we've seen this year, that that's a big downside risk to meet demand in 2021. However, it's hard to get a good picture on how quickly recovery could happen. Um, and what have folks done with the stimulus that they've seen thus far? So is it a quick recovery? And if so, one could get more optimistic about where we get in early 2021. However, if we, in this last part of 2020, start to see some more serious effects of COVID back on the economy again. That that's again that downside risk. I I worry about the downside risk there. But a quick recovery gets us something that could be frankly fairly exciting in 2021. So um, I, I wish I had a good answer to that question. But um, it, it's you have to have, certainly pay attention to what's going on in the general economy. I think that's going to be much of what uh, spells where prices head uh, for both the cattle and hogs as we get into early 2021. We uh, focus primarily on uh, the livestock sector, but that doesn't mean that grains don't play a role in that as well. Uh, USDA released quarterly stocks report this week and uh, took a, a lot of the market by surprise. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I uh, sure hope everybody locked in their feed costs prior to the report. I'm really good at telling you sh you should have done that after the report came out. But uh, uh, corn futures, for example, have been up about uh, 16, 17 cents so far uh, uh, th this week on uh, the news of what was 
both tighter than expected uh, corn and, and soybean uh, stocks. So uh, I, I think, uh, again, taking advantage of opportunities where these prices have been lower to, to lock in feed costs is not a bad strategy for us on the livestock side. We haven't had to talk about uh, really feed costs for a while. They've been low and, and near the bottom end for a while, but uh, risk management's uh, both uh, major inputs as well as your output. All right, Scott, I think that'll do it for us this week in terms of reports. Uh, good to see you early. Have a great weekend. Uh, as we look ahead to next week, what are we watching for report-wise? Yeah, so midweek, we'll actually get another uh, monthly trade data report from ERS, and then we finish the week with USDA's monthly WASDA report. Sounds great. We will talk to you next Friday. Very good, Megan. So we have our weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning. Visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com. You can also submit questions and comments there as well. And uh, we had uh, some changes, and this has been going on for a couple of weeks. If you don't see it in your email box, make sure and check your spam folder so you're getting all of this great content from Scott. As well as this week, we'll probably include the uh, quarterly market outlook webinar, which we launched earlier this week. So have a great weekend. We will talk to you next Friday. I'm Megan Grebner on Brownfield.